0: And I like the way Paul puts it here. He says, look, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, you could be playing sports. It's open there. Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Make sure that God is getting the glory in your life. That is so important.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible-teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thank you for joining us today in Roll's continuing study of 1 Corinthians. Today's study centers on the issue of surface religion or a genuine born-again experience with God. Only when God has converted a soul is a person's life filled with obedience and trust. Stay with us to see that when it comes to the Bible's basic doctrines and the guidance they provide for life, submission is the key. Here's Raul Rees in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 with the lesson, Church Order Understood.
0: One of the things that Paul will do tonight is that uh, the verses, when they wrote the Bible in the 1500s uh, from the Greek and Aramaic and the Hebrew, uh, they put them together in an order form. There never was chapters or verses. And so when the translators made chapters and verses, many times they would break the chapter at the wrong place. And this is one of the places. Verse one of chapter 11 belongs to chapter 10. Okay, so we can go back to that. Look what he says in chapter uh, 11, verse one. He says, imitate me just as I also imitate Jesus Christ. Now, Paul is going to be dealing with some a very important issues. Actually, three main issues he's going to be dealing with. He's going to be dealing, first of all, with women praying and prophesying in the church. One of the problems that happened in the church of Corinth is that the women, there was a little women's live going on. And Paul writes not because he's against women, but to set the biblical order for women and men in the church, especially when it comes to worship. You see? But uh, in chapter 11, verse 1, let's go back for a second. What is Paul talking about? About becoming imitators of Paul. As I am an imitator of Jesus Christ. The word to imitate here in the Greek is the word mimicking. To mimic someone. Uh, I don't know if I could say that about myself, but Paul could. But then when I read it again and went back to its original text, I think that it makes sense what Paul is saying. He's not bragging or trying to say that I'm better than all of you because I'm an apostle. But what Paul is making reference to and mimicking Jesus Christ is not only to Paul, but it's to all of us here. And anyone that considers themselves a Christian. Look at chapter 10 verse 31. He says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And then he says what? Give no offense either to the Jew or to the Greeks or to the church of God. And what we need to understand is that we are free moral agents that God has created. I probably would not be a Christian if I had to hold on to a bunch of rules and regulations. That's why I thank Jesus Christ for His grace and His love and His mercy. And how I thank Him for the New Testament. Because Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He grew up under the law of God. To the T of the letter. And yet Paul gave 14 letters to the church. And in every one of his letters, he talks about the traditions of men. And how the traditions of men stumble men from coming to Jesus Christ. So we have to be careful. Literally what Paul is saying... If you're a Christian, you're going to be careful in whatever you do when you sit down to eat or to drink or to do some activity. Why? Because everything that you want to do, you want to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. And the best way when people come to you and they'll say, Is it okay to drink a beer? Is it okay to smoke cigarettes? Is it okay to go to the movies? Is it okay to do whatever? You know what? I can't say to people, well, you know, you can't. No. What I say to them, okay, look at your life, and whatever you're going to do, think for a moment, how is this thing going to bring glory and honor to the Lord? And if it does, do it. And if it doesn't, don't do it. Then it's going to hurt you if you do it. You see? Plus, you're going to make people stumble. See, we don't live by the law. We live by grace. And I like the way Paul puts it here. He says, look, therefore whether you eat or drink. Or whatever you do. Whatever you do. You can be playing sports. It's open there. Whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Make sure that God is getting the glory in your life. That is so important. Because it's so cool that. When I look at people's lives, there are so many times people that are in bondage to so many things. And when I first got saved, one of the biggest problems, and sometimes when I go on radio, you know, across America, people always call up and say, well, how can you be a pastor, teacher of the Word of God, and be a Christian, and be a martial art man? You know, how can you teach the martial arts? Well, what does that have to do with Christianity? Nothing. It's a physical sport. It's a talent and a gift God gave to me, which I've been practicing not close to almost 37 years. You see? It's something in my life that God used not only when I came to Jesus Christ, but He continues to use me today, wherever I travel, whatever I do. You see, it opens doors. Maybe God blesses you as a baseball player or a football player or a dancer, whatever it may be. Whatever you do, there's opportunity because God uses the gifts and the talents that God has given to you to bring glory and honor to who? To Jesus Christ. Now, of course, there are other things that probably if you were a nudist dancer, you couldn't continue on. How would that bring glory to the Lord, you know what I'm saying? But it's so cool to see how God can use our lives. And so here Paul is talking about bringing glory and honor. Now he's going to start sharing Another topic, And now I want you to understand one thing. From now on, you better hold on. Because now he's going to deal with a heavy doctrine. He's going to deal with church doctrine. He's going to deal with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the order in the church. And it's going to be cool because we're going to learn a lot about church order. Men, women, traditions, covenants. Tonight, communion. Look at the beginning with chapter 11 verse 2. He says, now I praise you, notice, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them unto you. Now, Paul is not talking about church tradition that brings people into bondage. Okay. He's not talking about that because when Paul is talking about tradition, the word is ordinances here. And it's a reference to the teachings that were passed on from one person to another person. And Paul wrote it very well in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 he said, And these things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, the traditions of men should be avoided. Why? They always bring you into heresy and into bondage. Rules and regulations of men. As a matter of fact, Jesus, speaking to the Pharisees in Matthew 15, 2, said this. Why do your disciples, they're asking Jesus, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? Notice what he says. For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Now, the tradition of the Bible has nothing to do with that. There was no tradition in the Bible about washing hands. Now, the rabbis and the Jews had this tradition that they actually wrote for themselves. That whenever they were going to eat, they would take a basin of water. And the guy would have a pitcher of water they would actually raise their hands up this way and wash their hands in a manner and then they would not allow the water to run down to your elbow because then it was uncleanness. Imagine that, just to wash your hands. Because then you're breaking the law of what? Of the elders. Who are the elders? You see? Traditions of what? Of men. Listen to what Jesus said. In the next verse, Jesus answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God? Because of your traditions. You see, that's why we have to be careful. Many of us come out of different traditions. You might be a Baptist. You might be a Lutheran. You might be a Catholic. You may be whatever. Whatever. And many times when we come to Jesus Christ, when we're truly born again of the Holy Spirit, there seems to be a little bit of guilt in our lives because maybe we don't see what we used to see in our churches. That might be a problem. Maybe we don't have Jesus hanging up your cross. But Paul and Jesus and Peter and all of them said, he says, we can worship God anywhere. We can go outside in this field out here. And whole services. And God still would be with us. As he is here. This is just a building. With four walls. A roof. That holds up the rain and the wind and the sun. And it keeps us comfortable. Where we can meet in order to hear the word of God. And we call the church. But what is the church? The church is the word ecclesialia. It means called out once. The church is not the building. You see? This is not the building. The true building of God is where two or three are gathered in my name. And who's that? The called out ones of what? Christians, those that believe in Jesus Christ. We are the church of Jesus Christ. That's the difference between a building.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're committed to equipping you with God's word. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com. And for more Bible-based insights, join Rawl on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's return to more of today's lesson, Church Order Understood.
0: We are the true building of God. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 6? He said what? Know you not that you are the temple of the living God? And if any man defile the temple of God, God himself shall destroy him. And the word for temple that he uses in the Greek is the holiest of holies. You are the holiest of holies before God. That's why we need to bring glory to God with our bodies and our minds and our hands and our feet. With everything, anything that you do, everything that you eat, everything that you drink, whatever you do, bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. We are the temple of the living God. Not this building. This is just a place where we meet. And then that makes a great sense to me. Because Paul wants us to understand that the traditions of men are no good. It will destroy you. For example, Paul again in Colossians 2.8 says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of man, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Jesus Christ. Look, if it's not in the Bible, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to buy it. I'm going to stay with the Word of God. That's why when the Jehovah Witnesses or the Mormons come to you and they knock on your door and they'll talk to you, they always come in two pairs, a strong one and a weak one, one that is learning, and they always, always want to say, "Yeah, we believe in Jesus Christ and we believe Him to be our Savior." And then they'll come and they'll talk to you for a while, and then they'll say, "Now we want you and we recommend that you read the Book of Mormons." Well, what about the Bible? Well, you can read the Bible and you don't need the Book of Mormons. There's only one book. And that is the Holy Bible. The Word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 19 to 21, He talks about what? Revelation, illumination and inspiration. The Word of God. This is the Word of God. The Book of Mormons is not the Word of God. Or any other book. This is the book right here. The Holy Bible. That's why we read it. That's why we study it. Why? Because we want to know what God has to say to men. Here Paul the Apostle is talking about tradition. I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them unto you. And what traditions is he talking about? The biblical traditions. What does the word of God say to me and to us as God's children? This is important. You see, Paul had not only spent a couple of years there in Corinth teaching the Word of God to them, but there were many of them that were actually swaying away from the Word of God, and they were trying to use the traditions of men with mixing it a little bit with the Word of God. And Paul says, you can't do that. You cannot do that. You have to stick to the Word of God. Now in verse 3, look what he says. But I also want you to know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Now remember I told you there were some problems in Corinth where a lot of women were getting a big head, and they were actually trying to run a women's liberation. And Paul begins to establish here, what does he establish? He establishes the biblical order in the home. You see? And this is the Christian tradition. This is the way God ordained it from the foundations of the world. Going back into the book of Genesis. Chapter 2 verses 18 to the end of the chapter. The first establishment of marriage. Paul here uses a word very interesting. He uses the word head. But I want you to know that the head. Literally in the Greek is speaking of authority. Or the chain of command. That God has established, not men. This is the chain of command that God has established in the church. For any child of God. And that is, that the head of every man is Christ. So Christ is what? The top. He's the head. And the head of the woman is who? Her husband. But her husband is what? It's in submission to Jesus Christ. Now, if the husband is not in submission to Jesus Christ, then how can he be the authority? He can't. We have to be so careful what the Bible says. That's why there are so many people today that come to church... And they have a husband that is maybe says that he's a Christian, but he's not the head of his home. And there are what? There are decisions that have to be made, but the husband doesn't make them. So what does the wife do? She is godly. She comes to church. She's really following Christ. She makes those decisions for the better of her children and for the kingdom of God. And her husband becomes what? Upset with her. Well, the Bible says we'd rather obey God than men. See, when it comes to God, God has to be obeyed rather than your husband or your wife. That's pretty heavy. And a lot of people are not willing to do that. Paul's going to deal with some very, very heavy issues here. He's trying to give you the chain of command that Christ is the head, then the husband, then the wife. This is the way God ordained it from the beginning of the world. He said, if authority is given by Jesus Christ to the man, and the man, because he loves Christ and he loves his wife, notice, he's not going to lord over his wife, He is going to be the authority. And I have learned that when a husband is godly, and he is praying with his wife, praying with his children, and overseeing his home, there is no power struggle. The wife and the children automatically recognize the authority. You don't have to say, I'm the man of the home, and you have to listen to me. You don't have to do that. If you really are under Christ... The problem is when the head is not right with God. Then that's a problem. It brings confusion to the home. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Ephesians 5. Wives are to be submissive to their husbands as unto the Lord. Now a lot of husbands read Ephesians chapter 5. And they get really excited because they go, Oh there it is, submit to your husbands. But, go back and read verse 21 of chapter 5. Actually, verse 18 to 21. When he's talking about submission, the word submission is a military term used for what? Hupotaso in the Greek. It means to be under orders or underneath the feet of your chief and commander. Who's that? Jesus Christ. He's talking about spirit-filled husbands and wives. If a husband and a wife are spirit-filled, they're going to be both in submission to who? To their chief and commander, Jesus Christ. There's not going to be a power struggle in the marriage. You see? It's not who's the boss, but who's the head of the home. It better be Christ. And the husband better love his wife, and better take care of his wife, and oversee his wife, and oversee his children, and be the spiritual head of his home, and then God will honor your home. If you don't, then He can honor it. That's what Paul is talking about here. Making sure that you know the chain of command. (sighs) One thing that I have learned is that whenever a husband is not the head of his home, God will allow that woman, that godly woman, to be the head of her home. To rule the children. And to take care of those things. To make those godly decisions. And I think it's important for all you men here tonight to understand that what's really amazing in the mission field or even here at Calvary Chapel, wherever it may be, that it's always where the women and even at the cross of Jesus Christ, while the men were running and hiding and being afraid, the women were at the cross and they were the first ones to take the message of Jesus Christ to the disciples themselves. It seems that whenever help is needed in any area of missions, whatever, it seems that women are always willing to serve no matter how busy their schedule, and yet the men are always looking for an excuse to get out of it. That happens all the time. It seems that women are more committed than men to Jesus Christ. And it's so sad because God wants us, the men, to be the heads of our home. To love our wives, to love our children, to love our neighbors, to love God with all of our hearts, and to be the authority in our homes, and not as Hitler, or anybody else, but to be meek, and to be kind, to be loving, and you know what? And you don't have to scream, and you don't have to yell, and you don't have to pounce on the table. All you have to do is when you open your mouth, they will recognize the authority if you're a godly man. And if not, they won't respect you. And the problem's not with them, the problem's with you. And it goes the same way for women, too. God wants us to be honorable, and to be kind, and to be loving, to be meek, and humble. Whenever you get in a fight with your husband or your wife, man, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Make sure you make things right, not only with you and your wife, but make sure your children know that everything's okay. They feel safe and secure. Really important to do that. Otherwise, you're not going to have safety in the home. Your children won't trust you. That's why when people get divorced, men, children become upset and they become emotionally unstable because they had a home and they had security. Now, two people going two different ways and the children are divided in the middle. You see? We have to be careful that before we make decisions that we think of our future, our heritage, our inheritance for the future before we make great mistakes.
1: We hope you found reassurance from this look at God's purposes in establishing order and guidance for our lives. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the teaching you've heard today, we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call us at 800 634 9165 and mention today's title, Church Order Understood. As you continue to meditate on the Lord's loving sovereignty, we'd like to offer you additional insight from a CD series titled, Walking Righteously. Exploring the surprising empowerment of true surrender, you'll see that the Lord can do mighty things through you when you follow Him in trust and obedience. You simply need to make yourself available to His will and listen for His voice by spending daily time with Him in the Bible and in prayer. Contact us today to order all's four CD collection titled, Walking Righteously. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and we'll send you this audio pack for a donation of $19 or more. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We also offer a variety of free Somebody Loves You resources that will help you grow in your understanding of the Lord and His plans for your life. To keep the Bible at your fingertips, take a moment to download our app to your iPhone or Android. This app features digital Bible studies and several other study helps to guide you in your personal devotions. You can also scan our Somebody Loves You radio archives and download podcasts of any of these messages using iTunes or Spotify. Just a reminder, your partnership is important to this ministry, and we want to thank you for your generous tax-deductible donations. Be sure and join us next time for more instruction and encouragement from the Lord. Together, we'll quiet our hearts and minds to discover life-giving truth from the pages of His inspired Word.